This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hey, it's Andrew from the future. Feels like I've been having to talk to you guys a lot lately. I guess that just goes to show how quickly things are moving and how unpredictable the news cycle can be right now. But uh, we talk at length in this episode about the Safer at Home order in Door County expiring on May 20th, which is Wednesday. As I am editing this Tuesday at around 4 o'clock, Door County Public Health has released their guidelines and recommendations, which are effective immediately and supersede the Safer at Home order. So as we understand it, the Safer at Home order is lifted as of right now. It is no longer in place through Wednesday at midnight like we discuss in this episode. So I just wanted to clear that up early on. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined as always by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It is such a night and day difference between the weather outside right now as we're recording on Tuesday afternoon and the weather that we had yesterday with just the massive amount of wind and rain and just it was pretty wild Sunday night. Yeah, my dad's garden was flooded again yesterday right after he finished planting last week, so... I'm yeah, hoping I, it I, survives. <laughs> I'm pretty used to the the sound of wind, but there were there was definitely some times where I sat up in my bed on Sunday night and was like, "What's going on out there?" Yeah, um, and I have a relatively new house, and it was the first time I felt like, "Whoa, this is this is really whipping into my house." Yeah, uh, heard a big tree like fall over in my yard, and I was like, "What am I going to do if like a tree falls through my house? <laughs> what am I going to do if I wake up to that?" <laughs> Paul Bunyan. So, Yeah. So we have a couple of things to talk about today. I'll give kind of a a rundown of what we're going to look at uh, and then we'll jump in. So first off, we'll talk a little bit about Joel Kitchens' proposal for some new Wisconsin election guidelines as a response to kind of how things went on the uh, in the April election that we had. We'll have a segment featuring some of your conversation with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes uh, about a grant program. And then we're going to talk maybe a little bit at length about what's going to happen on Thursday when the safer at home order is lifted in door county so why don't we why don't we just jump into it we'll work our way through those things uh let's start with joel kitchen's proposal so this is a a bill that was introduced on may 18th to address preparedness in kind of a response to the april 7th election can you give me kind of an overview of what this is Sure. Yeah. Right after the election, um, I know Joel was asking a lot of questions about what do we do to prevent this in the future? Obviously, the status quo is not the answer there. Um, if you're if we're thinking that the pandemic and COVID-19 will still be an issue in the fall, as almost every expert expects, then we better prepare for it now instead of what we had in this last situation where there was a lot of last second wrangling. Um, you know, the, the plan was to keep the election going for a long time. And then the governor changed that legislature did not act at all leading up to the election. And then we had pretty chaotic situation for county clerks and and voters, uh, ultimately, um, not knowing whether they were going to be safe going to the polls. So what Joel has proposed with uh, Stosh Grzynski out of Green Bay is a bill that would put some procedures in place for the a state to follow for Wisconsin to follow if there is an event of a of an emergency. So this would also apply. Let's say there was 
tornadoes that ravage large sections of the state or if, if this were if hurricanes were a thing in Wisconsin, it would be the same thing that would apply if you had like a hurricane right at the time of the election. Right. Um, and it it's not necessarily groundbreaking. It doesn't call for all male voting, but it does provide some guidelines for a way to operate an election that at least would be in these procedures would be in place before we're just responding at the last second. Right. I think that that's probably a good thing considering how confusing things were leading up to the April 7th election. So uh, what are your what are your takeaways from this, Miles? Do you think that this is a good step forward given what we faced in April, or, or do you think that uh, more should be done? Well, it looks like a, at least a good first step, and I'm, I'm glad it's coming out this early because we it, it's probably already, honestly, too late to put a lot of this in place for the August elections, but then it it will, there is time for us to prepare for November. One of the things that's most interesting is to um, have a, a barcode way to track um, absentee ballots so that they know where they are in the, in the mail system at all times. So we don't have the situation we had in April where a lot of ballots were lost. Um, and then there was the uncertainty from people who said, well, I, I cast an absentee ballot. Maybe I should go vote in person. I, sh- I don't trust that this is going to come through. So things like that. The shortage of polling places in the last election, you saw Milwaukee go on voting day with only five polling places. Same thing in Green Bay where they didn't have that many polling places. So this would mandate that you had at least one polling place in every municipality. No, no change, no surprise there. But also a polling place for every 12,000 registered voters. So a place like Milwaukee, you'd have to have at least one polling place open for every 12,000 voters. In a in an emergency, that still remains to be seen if you can get the volunteers and the staffing to pull that off, um, right. which is what happened in Milwaukee. They just couldn't get enough volunteers. So some interesting things. And from in talking to County Clerk Jill Lau today, she said that some of these measures are actually things that the Elections Commission is working on putting in place a version of these anyway. So there is hope that some of this gets done before November. On the other hand, uh, Joel Kitchens did say it's unclear whether the Assembly and the state legislature would be called back into session before November. Um, Mm -hmm. So who knows if they would even consider this bill by that time. You might also ask, wow, wouldn't there be a big issue that maybe the legislature would want to address sometime between now and November? But <laughs> that's another matter. Right. Yeah. I, I guess that you would hope that when you've got something timely like this, that it doesn't just go like, oh, well, now we're coming up on the November election and we don't have anything in place because we didn't meet to discuss anything. So that'll that'll be fun to see how that turns out. Yeah. If you, if you can't come up with any ideas for... Um, fortifying our election procedure after what we've seen so far and also for addressing a pandemic, then um, if you can't do that now, what is the point of a legislature, one might ask. Sure. And by one, I mean, I might ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miles, why don't we jump into this segment uh, that you put together with about from your conversation with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. Give me just kind of a, a brief overview about what the two of you talked about, uh, and then we'll just kind of jump into the bullet points of it. Yeah, there's a new We're All In initiative from Governor Tony Evers that was announced yesterday that provides $75 million in grant funding to small businesses. Uh, This is all funded by the CARES Act. And um, there's just a lot of small provisions in there that I talked to Lieutenant Governor about what the aims of this uh, um, initiative are. Cool. Uh, Then we will take a short break and we'll jump into that. And then when we come back, you and I are going to talk about what to expect on Thursday when the Safer at Home order lifts in Door County. Woohoo! 
Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers announced the We're All In initiative on Monday, a program that provides $75 million in microgrants to small businesses. The program is a small step toward filling the gap that many small businesses fell through when Congress passed the CARES Act in the wake of the COVID-19 financial crisis. Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes said the program is funded largely through federal dollars from the CARES Act and will go directly to small businesses. to help our small business owners across the state of Wisconsin, the ones that uh, didn't get the support that they needed from the federal government. Uh, there are a lot of gaps to fill, but the thing is, uh, we have to be innovative in this moment, and we know that this won't solve all of our problems. It won't bring us every. It won't bring uh, small businesses the relief uh, completely they're looking for. However, it will seek to provide some sort of aid, uh, and that's what's important right now. That's what we need to. Uh, we need to start thinking for the future. We need to start thinking about what does life look on the other side of the uh, pandemic. The funds can be used for the cost of business interruption or health and safety improvements, inventory, wages, rent, or other expenses to help keep small businesses afloat. The program is available only to small businesses with 20 or fewer employees. Many of those businesses missed out on payroll protection program loans. Yeah, our small businesses are have seen uh, the worst impact because, you know, larger businesses with more cash reserves are able to, you know, weather these storms in a way uh, that our smaller operations just weren't. Uh, and even when you look at you know, closure and which businesses uh, were, you know, deemed essential, um, the ones that weren't were primarily small businesses. And, you know, that's out of uh, you know, respect to, for you know, safety of people that shop at these businesses. And uh, nobody expected the pandemic. Nobody wanted it. Uh, but the best we can do is at least try to make people uh, whole as we uh, continue or as we find ourselves in the middle of it all. The initiative also includes grants for ethnic minority-owned businesses. Only 12% of those business owners receive payroll protection program funding. So the ethnic minority emergency grants uh, is going to be a sum of $2 million in grants for ethnically diverse uh, Wisconsin micro-businesses who suffered losses during the pandemic. And you know, we're looking at businesses that uh, serve populations that don't always uh, get the resources that they need. And therefore, uh, even even when things are, are great, uh, they find themselves challenged. And uh, there'll be a thousand grants of $2,000 each that'll be administered in partnership with the uh, 19 ethnic and minority chambers of commerce. And this is aimed at uh, sole proprietorships or businesses with five or fewer, five or fewer employees, uh, rather than uh, 20, mm. that have not received assistance under uh, the SB 2020 program or the uh, Paycheck Protection Program. Unlike the Payroll Protection Program, which was administered in the form of forgivable loans through private banks, these funds will be doled out directly to businesses through the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. To get updates about how to apply and to find application deadlines, visit wedc.org slash focus dash forward. Okay, we are back. So, Miles, the Safer at Home order was extended last week in Door County to May 20th, which is uh, this Wednesday. So at midnight on Wednesday, the Safer at Home order is set to expire, which means that we're going to wake up Thursday to a basically an open Door County. Uh, what do you think that's going to look like? I think it'll be a bit of a mismatch of policies mainly by run at the, the business level. As it sits right now, that safer at home order that Door County's health department put in place, like you said, expires midnight Wednesday. And then they will have a set of guidelines that they will release 
and they will largely mirror the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation guidelines for small businesses. And those will just be guidelines. Uh, as I don't expect them to put out an order, I could be wrong. If they put out an order, then that would be enforceable. But if they just put out guidelines, that those are recommendations to businesses that they don't necessarily have to follow. Um, right. So you could see a restaurant, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you drive by a restaurant and they're packed with patrons on Thursday or Friday, if it's just guidelines, that's totally legal. It's not something right. that you can really report unless you're like scared from a public health perspective. I guess you there's always a reason to report that if you think something is unsafe, but like it's going to be totally legal and not enforceable necessarily to break that up unless an individual community enacted its own order, which I'd right. be surprised if we saw a lot of that. So from the ground up, you've got like municipalities and then the county and then the state being able to have enforceable regulations and then at the federal level, right? But there, there's nothing in place from top to bottom for stopping anything, right? Is there still or have there ever been restrictions on gatherings over a certain number of people, even at the federal level, or has that always been guidelines? Th those have been orders. The Safer at Home order did make that enforceable. So those were rules put down by the state, but those are all out the window now. Uh, right. Governor Evers announced Monday that the the scope plan that they put in place to try and begin negotiations with the legislature to tr come up with new rules. Um, basically, they put that together and it came back like the legislature came back and said, we don't like these. And essentially, we don't want to put in new rules. Um, that sentiment was echoed by Assemblyman Kitchens to me in a phone conversation earlier this week that they thought felt it best controlled at the local level. What people have found at the local level is they it's dubious whether they have the authority to. Um, when they've tried to put in local orders, it has been questioned whether or not those would hold up, hold up legally and they might face lawsuits of their own. So you saw many of them rescind those orders right away. Door County stuck with it for a few days, but then that's going to be over. So, you know, that when you, when you say we don't want state control, we want local control. But then in the meantime, actually what you just did at the state level makes us question whether a local level can can do anything. Um, it basically leaves it up to individual businesses and municipalities to try and handle this. And I know from many conversations I've had with municipal leaders, one calling it chaos. <laughs> um, you know, these are people who, quite frankly, they don't get paid enough to go and try and, and police gatherings and and public safety initiatives. Right. Well, that, that was what I was going to say, too. And w w the smaller you get, like the more local you get, uh, I feel like the more chaotic your interactions can be, right? So if you're leaving it up to businesses to enforce their own regulations, uh, up here in Door County, it's not like a corporation or a business with 100 employees most of the time. It's usually just kind of the owner operator and a couple employees there. So if you have a business that wants to require masks for their customers, they have to be able to enforce that when they have customers who aren't wearing masks, right? And when you when you boil it down to such a small level, it, it becomes one-on-one. -on -one. So now you have business owners talking about or asking online, how do I handle these situations? How do I have these conversations with customers when the, the people who are most likely to, to violate what we're asking for precautions are also the ones who are most likely to get aggressive with us? So it when you, when you when you distill it down to the the smallest level, the business level, it becomes a lot harder for businesses to do anything. I mean, I've I've been in this situation as both a bar owner, as a coach, as a as an event organizer, trying to tell people what to do, even in your own place of business, is not so simple. Um, 
Policing their behavior is a very difficult task, especially in kind of a politically charged atmosphere. We know that people have been cussed out for asking customers to wear masks in their own business. I, you know, just just trying to corral people when we put together our races and our beer festivals, things like that. It's it can be really unpleasant when it's not politically charged. So right now it's it's a really tough thing to ask people to do. Talking to Joel Kitchens, he said that he felt like the market would kind of police that for us because places that don't follow the rules or don't follow the best guidelines will be punished by customers by not going there. Um, the problem is on the flip side, that doesn't apply to say like, where are some of our big risk, risk sectors? It's your meatpacking plants and manufacturing entities. Nobody makes a buying decision when they're going out to buy chicken or pork or beef based on the processing plant that you don't even know where it went through. Right. So, the, so the market can't really regulate that processing plant. Um, same thing with with dairy. Most of your grocery products, you, you can't like pick and choose in that same way when you're talking about fresh fruit or meat. Um, so the market doesn't really apply in, in a lot of these situations. And even right. on a restaurant level, like as a as a hungry person, you don't know the practices behind the scenes in that restaurant. And you may not know that employees feel like they're put in an uncomfortable situation. Like that, that can't change your buying decision. So there are places where you actually do expect regulators in the federal government to do that for you and protect it for you. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing too. It's like when you have the backing at a local level or a state level, when you have the support, enforcement becomes easier because you know that, you know, you've got somebody behind you. When you don't have that support, it, it becomes a lot harder to figure out like, well, okay, so how much can I push back against this? How much can I require things when I, I'm not seeing that leadership at the state level? And I think, so ultimately what we're going to see on Thursday, I'd imagine the police departments and public health will get a lot of calls from people about stuff that they can't do anything about. There's no, they have no power to enforce because there's going to be confusion about what it means. You're going to see most places, I think, from the business owners I talk to, I would say most will be responsible and take a fair number of precautions. There will be some that go back to business as usual. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's not many, and I think that won't be many, but there will be some, I'm sure. Um, and then it's going to be the thing that everyone needs to know is that you won't, it's not like we open Thursday and you check the data on Saturday and know whether or not things are great. Right. We, we won't know until middle of June what kind of impact this starts to have. Right. And even then, it's going to be different because a lot of people still won't go. Um, I don't see myself hopping into a crowded bar or restaurant anytime soon. I know a lot of other people are the same way. Uh, a lot of people don't want to be the guinea pig. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting Memorial Day weekend in Door County. Right. Now, I, I think you and I are probably on the same page with with what we with what we feel comfortable, and I, I don't want this to all be doom and gloom. Like I, I don't want to give people the impression that I think that businesses should stay closed and people should stay sheltered in place. I I feel like after the you know going on ten weeks now that we've been at home in Wisconsin, I feel like we should be in a spot where we have guidelines in place, we have equipment in place, we have the supplies that we need to be able to start going out into businesses safely, right? Uh, now, if you want to argue whether or not the last 10 weeks have been useful in terms of sp supplying those guidelines and getting people on the same page, sure, I think you could probably argue one way or the other about that. But I, I feel like I'm at the point where I 
could go out to do stuff, right? I mean, I've been dropping my child off at daycare. I've been going and getting groceries. I've been doing stuff safely. I feel like we're at that point now where we can open things back up and do it safely. It's just the question of, are there the guidelines in place? And are those guidelines going to be widely adopted both by businesses and by uh, by the community? in order to actually move us forward in a safe and productive way. I'm not the type of person who thinks that we should quarantine until the virus is dead because that's not how it works. But I also feel like without the the state and federal support, without the guidelines that we've needed from the top down, we're at a really we're at a really weird point right now to be to be jumping back in. So Yeah, I'd agree with most everything you said there. Um I, I hope I hope this goes extremely well. And there's chance I like I I I think there's a chance we just open the doors and, and get there. And we were kind of leaning that way earlier. I mean, Governor Evers' plan has slowly opening up, um, maybe slower than I would have liked or others might have liked. But there was at least kind of a train track that people knew where it was going. And now there's not. Um, maybe that works just fine. Uh, <laughs> we, we still don't even know about those those states that opened up early, really where they're right, right about now is where that data is going to start to come back and, and show right. us. So we haven't quite seen it yet. Um, I, I worry about the business owners, honestly, that are trying to do the right thing and trying to be as safe as possible. Some of them with their own like personal circumstances that they're trying to do that for. I know the kind of stuff they're going to have to deal with from unhappy customers if they are trying to keep them spaced and limit occupancy. And it's, I personally just think that's wrong for people to yell at people for like whatever safety measures they're trying to put into their business. And then they're going to have to now have to face that temptation to keep up with the ones who get more and more lax. And right. I don't, I don't envy it. I mean, I, I just don't think that that's having done this to the business owners after they've sacrificed so much already and then put them in this other position is a really tough spot for, for our state to, to put them in. And I know that some people like don't think that, Maybe we ever needed these measures, but I can tell you from conversations I've had with people behind the scenes, like early on, like the the fact that like the hospital was able to convert their old wing of the hospital into a COVID unit, the fact that it gave them time to come up with new procedures and safety measures and stock up on some protective equipment. Although like, I, I don't know that our supply is actually that great if we were at, to get an outbreak. And then that the funeral homes had to adapt and how they get bodies and how they operate and do things safely. And the the nursing homes took had this time to get new procedures in place. Like all those things matter in terms of why we don't have more cases now and why we haven't seen a tragedy. It's because we, we bought some time and maybe some people think it's too much time, maybe, but the people who think that maybe we never needed to do that at all, I would say from every bit of evidence I've collected in this county, we definitely needed some of that time early on because it was an unprecedented situation. So Miles, in your talks with business owners and other folks in the community, how would you say your outlook is for this weekend? I mean, does it seem like there's a majority of businesses who are taking precautions and who are are looking to open in innovative ways? Or is it kind of a mixed bag? Like, how would you say your outlook is for this weekend, given just every everybody that you've talked to? I, I think it's majority cautious. I know multiple hotels that will not open this weekend that will wait until after Memorial Day or after the first week of June to see how things play out and see what they can learn. I know 
many of the restaurants are going to extreme measures. Uh, Northern Grill uh, putting up plexiglass, uh, Wanda Jeans putting up doors and separators between some booths, many other restaurants doing taking measures like that just to be safe. Um, and I th so I, I feel really positive about that. I'm sure there will be some who just like let it fly. Um, and maybe they'll pay a price for that. Maybe they won't. And if they don't, honestly, like that's good. Like, I, I don't think that's the way to go. But if they don't, that, that would be a great outcome, right? That this isn't spreading. Right. But I, I think there will be a lot of people up here, especially if it, the weather holds out and it's nice. It will be a really busy weekend in Door County. If it's, will it compare to other Memorial Days? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know that everyone's ready to go screaming out their door and, and travel and be in crowded places. But Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't seem from what I've talked to about hotel occupancy. It's it's still very low as of right now. Sure. So it's maybe it's a lot of day trippers. Who knows? Right. Uh, do you foresee any bars opening up at midnight on Wednesday? Absolutely. You think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think there will be many bars open dead on at midnight on Wednesday. All right. Well, I'll, I will see you there, Miles. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, is there anything else that we should chat about today uh, as it pertains to what we're looking at? I'm sure you and I will have a lot to talk about come Thursday and through this weekend. But is there anything else that people should know about today before we wrap up? Well, I guess, you know, there's like some things of you can still have a great Memorial Day without going to all the bars, without going to the crowded places. Um there are great hikes. There are great ways to socially distance and hang out with people. There's a lot of evidence that points to being outside in a, and still maintaining some social distance at being like very, very low risk. And so that's encouraging. That's maybe one of the things I would do. Getting out on the water on your boat, if you have one, seems great. <laughs> or a kayak. I don't know if, uh, if, if it's going to be warm enough to swim. Definitely not. But there's, I'm cautious, but you know, I want Door County to return to normal too. So I'm hopeful it all works out well and that and yeah. that our businesses are smart. We have a lot of smart, cautious business owners and we have a lot of people in emergency management, in the healthcare fields, in in our nursing homes and leading our villages and communities who whether you agree with what they're doing or not, they they care a lot about trying to keep their community safe. That's one of the reasons we have such low numbers here is cuz people are putting in a ton of hours um going through a lot of stress trying to make the right decisions for their community. Right. Yeah, I think that that's an excellent point to parrot is that in in lieu of some really solid guidelines, there are things out there that people can use to try to be as safe as possible. And my hope is that everybody does their best to adhere to those guidelines and we're able to start moving forward in a productive way. I, I would love to go out and, and start returning to, to normal. I'd like to, or at the very least, start doing stuff that I used to do again. But I am... I'm honestly very content with doing it differently. I'm totally okay with going out and doing what I used to do a little bit differently. So hopefully hopefully we see that sentiment across the, the board in the community. And uh, we'll... We'll keep an eye on things and see how things progress this week and, and throughout the weekend. But like you said, I'll be doing my best tell. not to look at Facebook from midnight on Wednesday through next Tuesday. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because you're going to be at the bar midnight on Wednesday. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, can, can I come over to your bar at least midnight on Wednesday? <laughs> Potentially. We could we could right. do it from a distance. Sweet. Well, Miles, thank you so much for chatting with me, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.